Welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op. Brought to you by my freshly cleaned toaster oven window, so I can watch cheese melting in there. Yeah, I did that this last weekend. My name is Veronica. I'm the cheese department head at the Arcata Co-op store. I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd. My name is Thomas. I'm the cheese department head at the Eureka location, and I feel a little called out that my toaster oven window is not cleaned now. Oh, the better to watch the cheese melt with. Fair enough. You should. You should. Uh, anyway, today we're going to talk about cheese myths. Nothing heavy, just kind of fun. Cheese myths. I feel like every society that has cheese has myths about cheese. Cheese is magical. I think that's generally accepted. Cheese is magical. I've always believed that, and I feel like I feel like now there's more validation for that than ever. Well, even the origins of cheese are shrouded in kind of myth and mystery because no one really knows when when the magic first happened and we yeah. first made cheese. There's theories. Initial transformation is very like magic spell. Like you put milk in a bag. And it shakes. I, you know, all those theories of like, oh, the milk went into a an animal skin bag that was made from a stomach and it had rennet in it, and it shook around and made cheese. Right. Yeah. Uh, that feels like magic. That's usually my explanation for everything I don't understand, though. It's magic. I think that's how we end up with myths in the first yeah. place. Probably. I yeah. read. I remember reading once, and I wish I had a source for this. But I don't have a source, so you'll have to believe me, or like it's magic. So like, just <laughs> <laughs> just accept it as magic. But I remember reading once, uh, one of like a really common temple sacrifice in ancient Sumeria was cheese or like dairy products of other kinds, just because it was like, oh, this is like valuable. So sacrificing it means like that I'm giving up something valuable. Yeah, cheese is literally the food of the gods. I think so. In ancient Sumeria. Well. And now, right? And yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So. Do we have a fun first cheese myth? Okay. So we've talked about some cheese myths on this show before, some origin stories of some cheeses. We had an entire episode on Mimolette and that its origin story, which is largely historical, but there was some myth involved there. We've talked about Charlemagne and his potential connection to... Camembert? Normandy and Camembert, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one of my favorite cheese myths that I came across, this reads very much like a children's story, uh, a, a myth for the supposed origin of blue cheese mm-hmm. that I found was, okay, so there's a shepherd in a field. This is always at, like, at some undisclosed point in, in history. So like I don't know if this is like, if you should be picturing like ancient Romans with sandals or if this is more like medieval times. I don't know. But just in your mind's eye, there's a shepherd in France about to discover blue cheese for the first time. And this shepherd is taking a break from shepherding and they're in a cave eating lunch like you do. Bread and yeah. cheese. Well, it was a lunch of cheese curds. But then in this cave, he was distracted by a beautiful maiden. Who just happened to be in the cave. Who just happened to be in the Yeah, like walking by <laughs> the entrance of the cave. And then like left his lunch there for several months, came back later to discover that it had been, th- there were all of these mysterious blue veins of mold growing through the cheese curds. 
I don't know why he only eats lunch in this cave like every few months. I don't know why he didn't come back like the next and day shepherding from shepherding. And Maybe he's moving the sheep around. Pasture rotation. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But it, it's he, a it's a responsible pasture rotation thing happening. <laughs> he, here. So he ate. He took the the death risk and ate the moldy cheese. Exactly. Anyway. That's the other part of the story. Like, okay, you come back, <laughs> your cheese has turned into blue cheese. But and you he, don't. He eats it. He eats the cave cheese that's blue now. Mm. And that's how we get blue cheese because he says, like, oh, this is amazing. I have to share this with the world. I kind of feel like the first eating of blue cheese was probably a story tied in with some kind of food hunger and desperation. <laughs> I would assume that. I mean, I, I love just... blue cheese. Blue cheese is one of my favorite. Yeah. I don't know. Types. But the first time cheese. you see it, the first time anyone sees it, they're always like, uh, that's food, though. And they ask, can you eat the rind? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I love that I'm knocking this guy in the myth for eating the blue cheese. But like an actual human did that. Someone was the first person to eat blue cheese. Which is why I'm like, it must purpose. have been an actual case of some kind of desperation. I think so. I've heard that about skier, which isn't necessarily cheese, but it's cheese adjacent. The, the Icelandic yogurt-like product. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation because I don't speak Sounds Icelandic. Sounds about right to me, but... It's how I've always pronounced it, yeah. but it, I'm sure that's an anglic- anglicization um, I should not have attempted that word on a podcast. That was foolish of me. Oh, I, re- I have so many regrets. <laughs> anyway, uh, I've, I've heard that about that Icelandic yogurt product that I'm not going to attempt the name of again. Uh, that it was it was a farmer trying to preserve food for the winter, and that's what grew on the edge of the dairy barrel. And they were like, yeah. well, I'm hungry. So they scooped it and tasted it. And they were like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to do this every starving winter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think a lot of a lot of the development of various cheeses stemmed from an accident, a happy accident. I, cho- I choose to believe that. That sounds that sounds magical enough for me. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um. It is it is easier to believe that someone saw blue cheese and they were like, oh, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a shot out of desperation than that someone was just like randomly trying to make pretty colors in their cheese. Like yeah, that, that doesn't last very long. Maybe it was just a little a tiny bit of blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, that, that I had not considered that. Yeah. They're eating along through a wheel of cheese that's all regular cheese. And then there's a spot that's blue. And they decide, okay, well, the completionist in me has to finish this wheel of cheese. So. Or maybe they're just snacking away, and then they put a piece in their mouth, and they didn't really look, and they don't know, and but then it's delicious. <laughs> I feel like we might be grossing some people out with this particular cheese myth. Let's, oh, talk, about, no. let's talk about mysterious mold appearing in your cave cheese. <laughs> I, I feel like this is right along the, okay. the thought path of most people, probably. I mean, I know it's right along my thought path, but I know that I've been told my thoughts are unusual, and sometimes I've been told to keep them to myself. So I just want to be respectful of everyone listening at home <laughs> and not be like, okay, so let's let's talk about... Maybe I'm not the best judge of that. <laughs> I know. Because I don't think I've ever told you, Thomas, that's not appropriate. <laughs> no, you always encourage my worst conversational predilections. Yeah. I'm attempting all the big words today. I I should really (laughs) aim lower. (laughs) 
with my vocabulary. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do we have another cheese myth? We we do have more cheese myths. Um, so the the most common cheese myth, I think, in popular culture. What? Picture a cartoon mouse eating a snack. Oh. What is that cartoon mouse eating? Swiss cheese. Every time. It's always like a mouse-sized wedge of Swiss cheese that came out of, like, the tiniest wheel of Swiss you've ever seen. Yeah, that that hole's so big the mouse can fit in them. But when I was Googling cheese myths, I found all kinds of fun stuff about obscure French historical characters and Italian royalty. But the number one cheese myth was, apparently mice don't really care for cheese that much. Oh, yeah, you you sent me that article. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, and it makes sense. Like, why would they? They don't, in their natural environment, they don't encounter cheese. That we know of. That we, that we know of. They might be the ones Regularly. putting the blue in all the blue cheese. Mm. Sorry, that, I, mm. I made that up. I just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is where I need to rein it in. Um, uh, yeah. What, they say, well, mice would normally prefer sweet. A sweet something? Yeah. Or grains? Lots of energy now Mm -hmm. for their active mouse lifestyles. Yeah. But I have used like a really overly dried out hard chunk of stinky cheese with success in setting mouse traps. See, that just tells me that there's no like stray grains of rye or like other other high-carb foods laying around in your kitchen for them to access. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, my kitchen's fairly clean. Yeah, and, like, there's it's swept up behind the stove and all and of that. And if there's something tasty and edible on the floor, the dog is definitely getting it first. So. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I should really have a conversation with my cat about he Well, they, the cat takes care of the mice, so it's sort of like, that's fine. But yeah. I, I need to have a conversation with my cat about, like, could you also, like, get behind the stove for me? Just... <laughs> you have to pull the stove out so it can fit in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. I yes. So cheese, mice, and cheese. <laughs> I, have, I have been completely derailed. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. I apologize. Let's try this one more time. The myth of mice and cheese. The myth of mice and cheese. Mice. The myth. The legend. The cheese. Not a thing. Uh, they prefer high carbohydrate sweet foods. They will eat cheese if it's around, um, if it's available. Really, they're just opportunists. And if cheese happens to be there, and trying to track down where this particular idea comes from is a little bit more complicated. A lot of people suggested that it was cartoons, but apparently it goes back farther than Way that. Way farther than that. It's pretty yeah. persistent. It's a very persistent legend that mice are like cheese obsessed and. Mice are just cheese fiends trying to get that dopamine hit off that cheese yeah. all the time. And and it's it's completely untrue. One of my favorite sort of origin stories for why it might have come to be, and I think this makes sense, is that back in the day, in the olden times, which, as we've discussed, could be ancient Roman times, could be later, doesn't matter. But uh, essentially, you store your food to try to keep it away from pests, but cheese needs to be 
without aging on a shelf, and that makes it very accessible for mice. So, like, all of your grain is tucked away, and if a mouse happens to get into your bin of grain and eat some of your grain, that leaves very little evidence because they kind of take the evidence away with them. But if a mouse has been eating on your wheel of oh, cheese, you see, you see the evidence, and it's very obvious mousy evidence. Not that I've ever actually... Not that I've ever actually seen a mouse chewed on chunk of cheese. Me neither. Cheese. I imagine, I'm imagining it looks similar. I've seen a, a mouse chewed on cake before in the frosting, uh, which was deeply upsetting to me. <laughs> on, was that in your kitchen? Uh, no, it was, it was at a friend's kitchen. Uh, it was my cake, though. It was mm. my birthday cake, and a mouse said there were like little footprints in the frosting also. It was adorable and also deeply wow. disturbing. Wow. But I won't name names. You know who you are. I, I've seen... I've this seen is why there are lids on cake plates. Rodent chew marks in mushrooms. Really? Out in the woods. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've Can you identify the... You're like, oh, that's a vole. No, okay. no. I, I, I think... Probably some of them seem bigger, so it's like, oh, that's probably a possum. Or like possum sized rodents. Yeah, just just basically in the size of the teeth scrape marks. A rodent of unusual size, you might say. Porcini mushroom chewed on by by giant rodent. No. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is indeed silly. I feel like we're we're delivering on what we promised. Yeah. I mean, it's all I'm myths and legends, fun. so, you know. Yeah. There's some truths. Every uh, myth and legend is based on some kind of truth, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think after the break, by the way, we're going to take a break. After which, we're going to come back and we're going to discuss uh, probably the most true cheese myth that I've ever heard. It's very popular on the internet right now. If you're at home, make a guess and we'll see if you're right. All right. All right, we'll be back. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op, your local member-owned and organic certified grocery store, where everyone is welcome. Now back to the cheese nerds. Welcome back from the break. We missed you. We did. So what is this... The biggest, the true, this truest. Is, okay, I, I have to say, this is the truest cheese myth, in my opinion. I will say that that my this opinion does not reflect those of my co-hosts or the North Coast Co-op. <laughs> but in the last uh, in the last month, I would say twenty five different people have sent me the same picture on the internet, and it's a picture. Of a page from a book with a finger pointing to a particular passage. Oh, And that passage yes. just says, you may fascinate a woman by giving her a piece of cheese. Uh, apparently this is an excerpt from the complete book of magic and witchcraft by <laughs> Catherine Poulsen. Uh, and not only do people send this to me constantly, but it's usually accompanied with like, yes, this, this is, cheese is my love language. Please give me cheese. Everyone needs cheese. And like there are, you can find plenty of examples of men on the internet also saying, yes, no, give me cheese also. I will also be fascinated. It turns out that most people want you to give them cheese. 
They're willing to be hypnotized. They're willing to be hypnotized. By the cheese. Yeah. The other things on that page were like, oh, if you want someone to fall in love with you, take a shoe that they've worn <laughs> and fill it with rue. And hang it above their bed. Hang it above your bed and sleep yeah. under it. And for those at home who aren't sure what rue is, that's the like you mix butter or some other oil and flour and cook it and you like thicken a gravy with it or something like that. Yeah, you, you kind of like toast the, the flour and the butter. Yeah. And then that can then be used. And then you put it in a shoe. <laughs> and hang it above your bed. So that, like, of course. The other things on that page are not solid gold wisdom like this one is. Mm. I don't know about the rue thing, but I could yeah. definitely be uh, wooed with some cheese. Yeah. If someone hands me cheese, we're friends now. <laughs> yes. And like I, I say that from a place of cheese privilege where people hand me cheese all the time because I work in cheese. But, like, if a stranger hands me a piece of cheese and I'm like, here, this, this cheese is for you. I'm like, okay, cool. We're best nice. friends. Cheese. I need to know nothing else about you. <laughs> this mystery person handing me cheese. <laughs> uh, it took me a little while to track down where this quote originated from. But apparently this was originally posted to the Internet by anthropologist Dr. Holly Walters to her Twitter account. And I just want to give her credit because it has gone crazy viral now, and I it, it actually took some effort to figure out where did this come from? Who posted this? Who was the original poster? Yeah. Well, I guess the, the original poster was Catherine Poulsen, who wrote, wrote the, the book in 1971. Which, by the way, just out of, I was like, okay, I kind of want to own book, this book. How much is a it? A little bit. As far as I can tell, there was only ever one printing of it in the 70s. And it is $500 a copy now. It's a rare and highly valued book. And probably now more so. Probably now more so that it has gone crazy viral. So how many... I want to know where this anthropologist found a copy of How it. many printings? Like one printing, how I'm many copies? I'm not sure. I looked... I'm, I'm not bad at finding things on the internet. When I have a hankering, I can internet shop with the best of them. But... I looked all over. I only found two copies for sale, and they were like both four hundred ninety something dollars, and that was it. Wow. The rest of the internet, nothing. <laughs> so, if you're sitting at home and you want a copy of this book, so you can learn too how to uh, cast spells on people with cheese, <laughs> how to win friends and influence people really with cheese. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there's only two copies available. So, like. Run, don't walk to the nearest computer and get yourself a copy. So you're going to get useful tidbits. Yeah. How to fascinate a woman with cheese. Also, if you're going to put gravy in your shoe. Pre-gravy. Pre-gravy. <laughs> Maybe, like, don't hang it above your bed. At least not above the side you sleep on. Like, Or at least make sure it's a really thick roux. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that would help. <laughs> I just, I don't want it to leak out. And I really don't want it to leak out after having been in a shoe. Yeah. Well, then what about the shoe? Yeah. What do you do with the shoe after that? (laughs) You can't wear that shoe ever again. Uh, Oh, God. uh, I I apologize to everyone at home for that train of thought. Uh, But give cheese to your friends. That's, I think that's the takeaway here. Friends love it when you uh, surprise them with unexpected cheese. Yes, very much. 
I have used, sometimes we get little mini boxes of uh, some bloomy rinded cheese or some such. And the box is so cute, you just can't bear to throw it away. And I, I know the box you're talking and I've, about. And I've saved them before and then like cut up just, I don't know, eight ounces of some delicious mm. cheese and brought it with me because I'm meeting girlfriends somewhere pre-COVID. I was going to say back when that happens. <sighs> One day. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'll just pop it open and put it out on the table as we're all sitting around having our cocktail or whatever. At no point is, it, is anyone like, oh. Why'd you bring cheese? There's always squeals of delight and happiness. And that is such a good point. Joy. I'm so glad you said that because that has never happened in the history of me bringing cheese anywhere. No one has ever said, oh, you brought cheese? Why did you bring that for? Yeah. No, I was making dinner. What's the cheese for? The cheese, Everyone always has room for a cheese course. It's pure joy. Almost especially when it is unexpected. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Unexpected cheese. Fascinate your friends. And your lady. <laughs> I feel like that is an excellent note to end on. That that call to action. Uh, Come get you. your cheese at the co-op. Yeah. Come get your cheese at the co-op. Sorry, that's a better note to end on. That call to action. That's right. We have uh, sponsors. The North Coast Co-op. Come get your cheese here. We sell cheese. And lots of other things. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, we hope that you fascinate your friends with cheese. We also hope that you do not put any rue in your shoe. Uh, if you want more cheese content and would like to subscribe to our email list, please visit us at northcoast.coop slash cheese. That's northcoast.coop, C-O-O-P slash cheese. Uh, our email includes all kinds of fun thing, cheese wisdom from the co-op cheese nerds, Veronica and I handpicked cheese recommendations, upcoming cheese department exclusives, things like that. But most importantly, and perhaps most excitingly, if you sign up, you will get a coupon for 50% off a log of Cypress Grove Chev. Which, who That's doesn't a good like deal. that? Yeah, it's a great deal. Yeah, you could follow us on Facebook or Instagram. We're all over social media. Come say hi. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.